Jones, 30, 35, 40, east of midfield, and then every kick. The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the second episode of the podcast on September 5th, 2012. All right. It is indeed episode two. Uh, it was an interesting week one of the college football season. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is actually taking place during the first NFL game of the season. Yep. Yeah, and it's kind of weird. I mean, you wouldn't expect, you know, NFL to open on a Wednesday when they usually do Thursdays, what they're starting Thursday night games on NFL Network at the start of the season this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, this is all about, you know, the Democratic National Convention is going on and President Obama's speaking, I believe, tomorrow. So they're bumping it up to avoid that conflict. Yep. Although, it was you got the Cowboys and the Giants going on right now. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, um, I believe it was... So someone just fumbled or something. I oh, did they really? I saw something on Twitter. <laughs> now, it's not going on right now, and we're going to have our first week of the NFL predictions to get our NFL champion uh, run started, as well as week two of uh, the NCAA football schedule when we get to our pick six segment at the end of the show. Uh, but just you know, out of curiosity, since the game is you know just barely started, it's not going to count. But who do you think would win that matchup with between uh, you know, Dallas and the Giants? Giants are at home. I think they're like three and a half point favorite. Yeah, I believe that's correct. Um. I would probably go with the Giants just because lately they've kind of owned the Cowboys. Um, I don't know. That's my pick. I agree. Like they got to start their title defense. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Jason Witten is hurt. Big target for Romo. They're really weak on the the wide receiver core with uh, as far as injuries go. Oh yeah. And on the defense, I mean, you have Demarcus Ware. He's you know great pass rusher. But uh, I think the Giants have to start that title defense, and so I think they got to, you know, start with a win at home against one of their division rivals. And I believe Victor Cruz said he wanted to do, uh, he wanted to do a little dance tonight after he scored. It wouldn't be the salsa, <laughs> would it? Anyway, if you just, you know, are starting to listen to the show, you know, first we get into the red zone. We we get to the twenty, the ten, and the five yard line where you talk about the latest sports stories, the top three from the past week. You get into a replay, which we'll actually do this week. We'll look at last week's scores and how we fared. One of us did pretty well. The other did not. We'll go into that. And then we'll get into the pick six, where the predictive element of down the sidelines really shines, where we have fans and we also participate in picking against the spread in the latest games. And because it's football season, we have NCAA football and the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, Joel, let's get into the red zone. Let's talk about the number, or not the number 20, the 20 yard line story here. All right. This week, uh, the 20-yard line story is uh, notable scores from week one in uh, NCAA football and uh, who impressed you and then who didn't. Um, so I just kind of like made a quick list here. Um, I, I, I remember the first... Okay, so the first game we had this season was South Carolina and Vanderbilt. Right. Um, you know, South Carolina came in, ranked pretty high, and um, they, they just did not really impress me that much. Um yeah, they they didn't really flow. Had a good game. Um, you know, Lattimore, you, they're you know protecting him from his injury that they had at the end of last year. They didn't mm-hmm. really you know run through any heavy drills. First carry, he fumbles, and yep. granted, you know he did rather well the rest of the game. But then they had an issue uh, where their quarterback got injured. You know, in around you know, halftime or so, or just before half. Uh, so they struggled for the rest of the game. But 
you know, Vanderbilt's not bad. It's, you know, the SEC being the strong conference that it is at night, uh, you know, opening game. So, yeah, they South Carolina, I don't think, impressed as much. And granted, you know, I think I would have always picked against South Carolina. I don't really believe in them being that high. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the one time that I, I do pick them, <laughs> it, you know, didn't pan out. Yes, it, it kind of brings up the question, do you think uh, Vanderbilt's going to be, you know, a pretty good team this year or just South Carolina isn't quite where everyone thinks they are? I, I so. think probably both. Um, yeah. You know, Vanderbilt probably would be, I think, around 500, maybe a win over. But you're in, you're in the SEC. It's tough competition every week. Exactly. I don't think you can, you know, expect too many wins. But I don't think they're a bad team either. So, I mean, they played rather well. And then South Carolina, um, I'm sure old ball coach is going to, Get them in gear, but you know, for that kind of opening week, it didn't say a whole lot about them. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Boise State going to Michigan State, and really, I mean, they really impressed me with the way they competed with them. They um, sure did. They sure did. And that you know, it seems like every year we say this, they they no matter who they play, they play hard against them, and uh, they really impressed me. And uh, you know, Michigan State's running back had a tremendous game. I mean, what was it, forty plus carries? Yeah, like forty four carries, yeah. over two hundred yards, uh, and it had to make up for the fact that you know Andrew Maxwell, who you know is a good quarterback recruit coming in uh, mm-hmm. a couple years ago, and you know finally learning behind Kirk Cousins and all that, uh, it did not play as well. As you know, people thought he would. You know, several interceptions wasn't not a good showing. Uh, he needs time though, and they're going to rely on their defense and their running game. Uh, I didn't watch the end of that game, but I heard that you know they kneeled on the four yard line, which you know some points at the end there uh, would have covered the spread, but that did not happen as well. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we talk about um, you know how Andrew Luck's in the NFL now, but everybody wants to see who his replacement is. And so, um, as you as you look at the score, Stanford kind of struggled this past weekend in their first game without Andrew Luck, but they got they found a way to get a win. And that that's important. You know, every win in the the Pac-12 is going to count, uh, and they have to learn. Like they relied on Andrew Luck for quite some time, and yeah. you know, it's it's a whole new whole new rebuilding process. Mm-hmm. Um, Ohio State, uh, you know, they came out and they did what everybody expected them to do. Um, they had a good game, and probably one of the best catches you'll see all season happen in that game was pretty awesome. That was a great catch. Uh, you know, one of the first touchdowns they scored, and you know, they really didn't stop from there. Although they struggled early, they really had to struggle to find their flow. And uh, Urban Meyer was running up pretty hard at the end. Yeah, not gonna <laughs> I'm not just saying that because I'm a Michigan man. You know, representing uh, Michigan and all, uh, but. You know, there's really no need at you know the fourth quarter to you know you're up by so much to pile on even more. It'll uh, be it'll be interesting in close games to see you know how that quarterback performs. Mm-hmm. Now Braxton Miller's going to play. He's going to play really well. So Big Ten has to watch out. Uh, but yeah, that that catch was spectacular. You're absolutely. Oh yeah. Um, well, let's see. Penn State. Um, they lost their first game. Against, you know, what some people, at least from last year, was a pretty good Ohio team. Yeah, um, back defending champion. Yeah. I don't think there's any, any shame in that. But, you know, you're talking about the fans. They said, like, the fans have to come out and really support us. And by the end of that game, they weren't into it. Mm-mm. Although one of the things I noticed about that game is really weird that, you know, Penn State's band was playing uh, We Are Young by Fun. Yeah. And it's always that thing. Like, what song or songs are college band's going to pull out to play at stadiums to try to stay modern. I'm like, okay, I don't know if that would have been the first song I would have chosen, especially when 
you're banning singing of Sweet Caroline, and yeah, I know this. Okay, the song isn't you know it's talking about college age, and you know we are young, but we are young. Yeah, often, often mm-hmm. it's. I mean, at least I know I know I have friends that have been in the band and stuff, and often it's just you know, I don't. Sometimes they don't necessarily get to pick what it is, but they often try and get you know songs that are more recent. Things like that, um, and every once in a while they throw in some old stuff. So. Well, at, le- at least it isn't sexy, and I know it. And oh Ryan, yeah, I know it. So, jeez, oh, how would you even play that? Like trying to go. I'm sure someone's found a way. Let's see, Nevada beat California. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty. I mean, it's come to the point now where you know I think Nevada's earned a lot of respect. From uh, a lot of teams because they they took down Boise State uh, in the past and pretty much took Boise State out of the equation, um, and they they run that pit. They're the ones who originated that um, pistol style offense. Right, right. Uh, Oklahoma struggled on the road. Oh yes, uh, it took them a lot to pull out a twenty four seven win over UTEP. Uh, Oregon was really impressive. Uh, Alabama was impressive. We'll get to that when we go to the replay. I'd like to say I called it last yeah. week. <laughs> yeah. uh, Alabama looked really impressive, and you know, Michigan was overrated at eight. Like I said, we're going to get slaughtered. Um, well, th- there there were a few schools that um, I mean they really struggled um, with teams they shouldn't struggle with at all. Um, Florida, yeah. Um, let's see. And Maryland beat Will- William and Mary seven to six. Um, Wisconsin barely pulling off a win against Northern Iowa, mm-hmm. which it's just shocking to me. Um, Wake Forest almost lost to Liberty. Um, Pittsburgh lost to Youngstown State. Well, Youngstown State is, is they're a good team. Uh, coming I out mean, of one double A, but still, still, that it should not happen. And who did I pick as my Big East winner? Oh, that's right. <laughs> I oh, Pitt. Oh, and um. Really surprised. Houston lost to Texas State. Oh yeah, State. Um, yeah, that was not good. And I, I mean, are there any other uh, notable games you want us to talk about? Uh no, that was really about it. Um, you know, the top teams look. I, I don't think there was a single top twenty-five upset. I mean, yeah. it went pretty according mm-hmm. to plan as far as that goes. Yeah. Uh, it's just about you know the spread that we'll get into in the replay. But you know, one of the more interesting top stories was the Penn State game and how. You know, it's the first game of the Bill O'Brien era. You're supposed to you know, this genius, you know, former offensive coordinator at New England working with all the tight ends. They have like five tight ends on, you know, their line. And of course, it's it's the big game, you know, after Joe Paterno and the whole scandal with that. And they can't pull out a win against Ohio, granted Ohio being a good team. Mm-hmm. But when we have to make the play here and add a predictive element to this uh, this question here, how many wins, Joel, do you think Penn State ends up with at the end of the year? Well, I was uh, talking with my brother-in-law who went to Penn State, mm. and um, you know, he said, you know, he watched the game past weekend, and um, he thinks probably like maybe four or five at the most, and I think that's what I'm going. I'm going to probably go with five. Hmm. I mean, I'm looking at their schedule here. Let's do a quick rundown. They're at Virginia next week, home against Navy, home against Temple, at Illinois, home against Northwestern, at Iowa, mm. home against Ohio State. At Purdue, at Nebraska, home against Indiana, home against Wisconsin. Excuse me, Wisconsin. Uh, not the strongest schedule. No, I'll, I'll I'll put them at six and six. Uh, you know they don't make a bowl. 
they're not too spectacular, but some of those games, they're beatable. Uh, McGloin does have experience at quarterback. He may not have been that great on Saturday, but I think, you know, there's got to be some motivation and, you know, Bill O'Brien with that, that mind, like they'll get some wins. Oh yeah. And so you said you know, four or five, that's about right. I, I'm, I'll be a little positive on there. I'll go with six. They've, they've got some good defensive players. They really mm-hmm. do still have talent on defense. So right. that's how they'll win games. Absolutely. Well, the next story going to the 10 yard line now in the red zone, uh, the Washington <laughs> nationals or the Natinals as some call them because of their, Jersey malfunction several years ago. Oh, yes. The Nationals are one of the big stories in Major League Baseball this season. You do have other teams that are, are really you know, being surprised. But the Nationals have you know one of the best records in Major League Baseball. And I don't think anyone would have really seen that coming. Uh, Steven Strasburg is in his third year yep. uh, in Major League Baseball. You know, In his first year, they kind of brought him up at the end of the year. And he did fine in a couple starts. Last year, he had, uh, I want to say it was a Tommy John, some, some surgery that Tommy he had. Tommy John surgery. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he had, you know, was taken out for a while. And so this year, what they're doing is they're being really cautious with Steven Strasburg. Even though he's having a phenomenal year, uh, his last start, he was projected to have two more starts, the uh, last one being on September 12th against the Mets. Now, manager Davey Johnson saying it's the right thing to do, uh, you know, that I'm not sure any of us understand, but it's the right thing to do. Um... Do you think it is the right thing to do to have, you know, to rest your ace for the rest of the year when you're having such a good record and you know, you're in not really in a pennant race, but you're, you know, working your way up to the Major League Baseball playoffs? Well, um, you know, I mean, it kind of goes back to um did they really do the best job of managing because the thing is if you're going to have like an inning limit like mm. like most organizations do, um you know, did you do a good job of managing that during the season? And they really didn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that's where the problem is right now. And that's why they're to this point where, you know, oh, you know, we're only going to play you like two more games. And then the playoffs, it's right. like, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of people, at least a lot, what a lot of their fans are saying, like what I went and I looked was, um, you know, they, they have a pretty good bullpen. Um, you know they think that they can manage to a certain point without him but he does make a difference i mean obviously it makes a huge difference and it'd be nice to have him and you know you almost want to say like if you asked him himself like what he would say obviously he would say oh i want to play right of course. um and they're thinking about his future and his whole career and everything like that they don't want to like wear him out to the point where he won't be any good anymore but um i mean it I, I don't know. I would probably play him just yeah. because you you think that you, you, you know, they say that they've been like building up to this point, you know, right. they're building a team and stuff like that. Well, I mean, teams can fall apart in a year. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, they're, they're thinking that like, yeah, they, like, like, like you said, they're thinking that it's a team that can last for several years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the same time, with the parity that exists in baseball, you got to think that you want to win now. Mm-hmm. And so you're not helping yourself by resting your ace, uh, you know, for the rest of the year when you're in such a prominent position with the you know National League winning the All Star game for home field advantage and everything. Mm-hmm. Granted, though, they do have a pretty good pitching rotation. And Gio Gonzalez, Jordan Zimmerman, Edwin Jackson, like those are you know solid pitchers. Uh, yeah. So they're not going to be you know oh just completely decimated by mm-hmm. the loss of Strasburg. Granted, Strasburg has electric stuff, but 
you know, it will be, you know, a bit of a dent in that oh, armor. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, like, they do have depth there. So when mm-hmm. you're going to be looking primarily at a three-man rotation in the playoffs, when you want to keep getting your best pitchers going in those shortened series, uh, I think they'll be okay. So the question is, do the Nationals make the World Series this year as we make the play? Um, well, I mean, you know, if they've, they've pretty much come to the decision and, like, you know, he's not going to do it, you do have to look at what they have already. Mm. And, you know, they are in a good position as it is right now. Um, I don't know. I say they still do. Mm-hmm. I mean, looking at the National League, you have the Reds in prime position in the Central. They're about, you know, eight games or so up on the Pirates. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the Giants right now leading the West. And then it's it's pretty close as far as the wild card goes. I mean, you have uh, Atlanta, St. Louis tied atop the wild card. And then the Dodgers, we talked about the Dodgers last week. They're only about a game back in the wild card. And that's where you're doing the whole, you know, two games uh, for that mm-hmm. wild card round, the play-in. And then you have the four. I think the Nationals get there as well. Um, they have a pretty solid team this year. You, you can't deny that record. Oh yeah, um, and I think it's going to be between them and the Reds, which you couldn't have possibly predicted that at the beginning of the baseball season that those two nope. teams would be potentially in our you know predictive imagination battling it out for the National League pennant. That's crazy, <laughs> um, but I, I think there is something to be hurt, uh, you know, by Strasburg not being there. So if they do get to the World Series, like I think they would, uh, I don't think they'll win the World Series. Mm-hmm. Now, the five-yard line. The NHL had a problem in 2005. They didn't play that season. Or was it 2000? It was right around there, 2005, yeah. 2006. I think it was... Was it 05? I think it was, I know, I think it was 2005, the NHL video game that was like the one that was, oh, yeah. they, they didn't have the, uh, the season there. Really hurt the league. Uh Gary Bettman, just going to say he's an awful commissioner. And, you know, living in Michigan, like I do, it's, mm-hmm. you know, Detroit, hockey town, the whole bit. I love hockey, love watching on TV. Can't play it worth a damn, but I'll, I love watching it. So it is very frustrating to see that the contract and collective bargaining agreement that they set up uh, after that lockout is set to expire on September 15th this year. Mm-hmm. And talks are stalling. Grant, you know, the the season starts at around you know October 9th or so, so it's really coming up here in just over a month. But you know the talks are stalling. Uh, you're likely maybe seeing a delay, and they just can't handle it. And it's always a problem when a league can't get their stuff together, and like that they're in danger of you know, you know, just not the. Oh, we're we talking about you know the officials. Yeah, the NFL last week, and you know, I'm I want to go see after this podcast, like how that's affecting things because they have the replacement officials in for that first week in this first game. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about oh this. I was walking past the TV and they're saying the official oh he did some arena league games oh okay that's that's totally the same thing as the NFL. Mm-hmm. But for an entire league to have the danger of you know shutting down operations. You know, not even you know five or six years after you already did that for an entire season, uh, danger. Will Robinson. It kind of shows you the condition 
that it's in too because um you know with the nfl you have that huge demand every year like mm-hmm. everybody's demanding it so even if it was to be delayed it's still gonna happen right um with the nhl if it's delayed there's almost a risk that it might not happen um just because think about how okay so I know one of the things that there's a lot of complaints about is they want to sell out more games. Well, how are you going to be able to do that if you can't even negotiate on what you're going to do for the season? And then um, TV deals. That's one of the biggest things with the NHL. Mm-hmm. Trying to find the right networks to take control of, you know, show these games because half these games you can't even watch anywhere. Well... I'm lucky that I can because you know I pay for like the like, yeah, sports packages and all it. that. But you know, formerly versus now NBC Sports Network, that's mm-hmm. like the main place as far as you know general access. And then you'll have you know some games on NBC, a lot of the playoffs on NBC, CBC. If you can get that <laughs> for you know close to or you know actually Canadian brethren, um, and then the NHL network is you know the actual network. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's all about striking the deal with, you know, the right networks. And you're absolutely right. If you're going to hit these, you know, minor networks that aren't available, you know, to the mass public, unless you're going to be paying for these nice cable packages, you're not really going to grow your fan base. Mm-hmm. And it is such a great sport. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's unfortunate to see something like that happen. Also, you have to think about the markets that you're in with some of your teams. Does it make sense to have a team... In Phoenix, for for an ice hockey team in Phoenix. Granted, their fan support has gotten better, uh, but you know they recently made the move of the Atlanta Thrashers back to the Winnipeg Jets. Great move. It's the right move because people in Atlanta weren't taking you know to that team so well. Uh, you know, Florida Panthers, a team that you know got to the playoffs this past year for the first time in years, but I'm sure their fan base has not been you know flocking to these games before then. Yeah. Uh, I think the NHL just needs to rethink some of these franchises that are struggling. Plus, you got to figure out the TV situation. But you got to figure out this stuff out earlier. Um, Gary Bettman, their commissioner, has shown so many signs of you know, inadequacy, uh, and it's, it's ridiculous. And let's get to the point where we make the play. Will the NHL season, the regular season, be shortened this year? Well, I mean, if they, if they, you know, they don't make that deal by what is it, September fifteenth? Mm-hmm. Because they obviously think that what is it, the the players association thinks that they don't have to make the deal until October eleventh, I think. Something like that, yeah. But but they said that if they don't make it by the fifteenth, then nothing's gonna work out correctly, and yeah. they're gonna have to delay it. Mm-hmm. So I I think it. Probably will if they if they don't make if they don't make that decision by September fifteenth, which mm. it doesn't look like they're going to. Yeah, I think you might lose some games, which is ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Um, but I and I'm not gonna wood here. I don't think you lose another entire season. Um, Gary Bettman would go down, you know, as one of the worst commissioners of all time in any sport. If he has that happen to this league, that within six years, like, you can't show enough leadership or you're just being too greedy to to lock out a season in such a short period of time, two seasons. Like, so I don't think that happens. I 
I'm just hoping that doesn't happen, but uh, at the same time, I don't see any progress happening. So I think you lose some games, but not a lot. Yeah. Well, let's get to the replay since we're out of the red zone. We, you know, looking at it uh, the last week and how we did. Uh, you know, going through the games really quickly. South Carolina at Vanderbilt, they were plus seven, so South Carolina was a seven-point favorite. Mm-hmm. South Carolina only won seventeen to thirteen. That's a yep. four-point difference. We both had South Carolina in that pick against the spread, so we both lost that one. That was a mm-hmm. tough one. Thanks, South Carolina. Good <laughs> <laughs> job, Spurrier. <laughs> Woo. Um, another really tough one oh, for both of us. My gosh, Georgia Tech at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech minus seven and a half. It's an overtime game, a crazy overtime game with a really bad interception. Uh, Virginia Tech only wins twenty to seventeen in overtime. Yeah, and that and it kind of goes back to, um, you know, in the past, Virginia Tech, like I said before, has struggled with them. Um, I mean, a lot, and it's strange because usually they can, usually Virginia Tech is stout against the run, mm-hmm. um, and I know it's a little bit of a different kind of running game, but really this game just both offenses struggled so much um, at really key points in the game, and it it's it is so tough for me to like ever pick Virginia Tech for anything, <laughs> and um, went and let me down again. Just, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we both picked Virginia Tech and both lost that one as well. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame versus Navy in Ireland. Navy plus 14. Notre Dame, the two touchdown favorites. Yes, I hope everyone got to see those jerseys and shoes. <laughs> they, they were something. <laughs> now, I thought Navy with their past uh, you know, recent history against Notre Dame thought they would put up a fight. I'm not saying they would have pulled up the upset. Uh, I thought they would have you know, put it less than 14, though, but ND storms to a fifty to ten victory, and I mean that's it's pretty impressive considering the expen the uh, you know the suspensions and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, I mean you know both teams probably would have been jet lagged, but Notre Dame looked pretty good. Yeah, you did pick Notre Dame on that one. You got the win, and I take the loss. Clemson versus Auburn, two Tigers, mm-hmm. one game. Yep. Auburn yep. plus three and a half uh, gives Clemson. The advantage there. Clemson 26, Auburn 19. That was an exciting game. At the it end was. And, you know, they, the past couple games with them have been really great games. And that was the point why I was calling it a rivalry is just because it seems like every time they get together recently, it's been a great game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we both pick Clemson, both get the win, although it was, it was <laughs> close. Yes, it was so close. <laughs> Uh, Boise State at Michigan State. Michigan State minus seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Now Michigan State, like I, you know, hearing on sports radio over here that they were talking about their picks. Apparently, Michigan State was kneeling, like on the four yard line at the end of the game to preserve the win. So, yep, that spread could have been passed, but Michigan State seventeen, Boise State thirteen. Boise State technically with the win as far as the spread goes on that one. We both picked MSU. Yep, and both bit the bullet for it. Mm-hmm. And then the big game, the Cowboy Classic. That was over before it started. Um, gosh, I could even play the clip, but I probably won't because that's mm. <laughs> just lazy editing on my part. But I, I told you last week, uh, I have seen so many 
disappointing Michigan showings in the past few years. Some of them Rich Rod, some of them just, you know, not living up to expectations under mm-hmm. Oak, you know, the couple losses that they had. Um, I and, and Alabama's too good. I mean, just bringing in, you know, stars after stars and, you know, recruiting and just under that system with Nick Saban, mm-hmm. I told you it wasn't going to be close. I thought I was, you know, saying hoping I'm wrong, but I said it was going to be a, a blowout. Alabama, I stopped watching after the first quarter. It was Alabama 21 nothing. They made it 31 nothing. Yeah. Uh, now, Denard Robinson is, you know, the, the big talent on Michigan's team. And i got to give a statistic for you. You know, he's he's most dangerous on his feet. He's, you know, he's got like 4-3, 40-yard dash speed. Just crazy fast, track star stuff. So his, advent- his advantage is that you'd run the ball with him. Granted, Alabama would have a very good run defense, but you got to give your best players the best opportunity yeah. to move the ball. They try to make Denard into a passing quarterback, which he can do at times, but it looked really bad uh, when you're trying to force it. Because in the first 28 Michigan snaps, Denard Robinson only ran the ball once. Mm-mm. You can't do that. I think it was a you know poor uh, you know game plan there. It didn't help that you know Fitzgerald Toussaint was suspended because of you know. We're Michigan, morality, blah, 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 you were arrested. Even though I think any other coach may have said, you know, aside from, you know, maybe the service academies uh, may have said, like, oh, it's a big game, well, you'll, we'll sit you out for a series or something like that. I'm not trying to make excuses for my team. I did pick Alabama at minus 11, uh, but it was not a good showing, and they have Air Forces coming week, and we'll get to that in the pick six. You know, um... I kind of liked how they were trying to put, you know, they're trying to put pressure on Alabama's corners. They they were, you know, they were pushing it deep. I mean, Mm -hmm. they really were obviously trying to get Alabama to back off, um, you know, take, you know, push, pull those linebackers back, pull the safeties Mm -hmm. back who are up there for run support. But, um, it, I mean, it, the thing, the thing about it is, um, it's, it seemed like two or three times early on in that game where he just he pushed it deep, but I mean he really just way off with his long ball. Yeah. Um, I mean he threw it to Alabama's players sometimes. Um, well, a couple of those were Alabama's players pushing receivers out of bounds past the five yard line, and nothing called. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. That. I'm just saying. I mean, again, it's. They're just they're still they still have a lot of talent on defense even though they're a young defense um, and that again that's that'll probably be the best defense they go up against all year so it'll get I mean it'll get easier for Michigan to you know move the ball later on through the year and you know thank I mean thank goodness that Denard didn't get like injured severely or anything in that game because. He is still the key to their season. Yeah. Um, He's bumped up a little bit, but he'll play. And just... you know the the way Wisconsin looked this past week. I, you know, you never know. Um, they might, they still might have a pretty good chance at that title in their conference. So it's possible they got to beat Michigan State, though. I'll yeah. tell you what, it'll be don't, tough. Don't count MSU's victory as you know, you know, a bad thing or a poor showing. No, that's that's a legit win right there because Boise State's tough no matter what. All right, in our extra point. I had you know, Hawaii at USC, which is the one that we picked if you had your represented school. 
uh, in the pick six or if they didn't have a set spread. Uh, Hawaii at USC, minus 39. Wouldn't you know it, USC 49, Hawaii 10. Exactly. Now, typically, if you bet, and we don't bet, but we're just saying that we would be predicting... Uh, normally if you bet and, you know, the spread was at minus 39 and ended up being 39, tying the spread, the money that you put in for your bet, you get it right back. It's a tie, it's a draw, you don't lose the money, you don't get more money back, so you just get it right back. Um, Mm -hmm. for our situation where we have to pick a win and a loss, we're not going to do the whole tie crap, uh, I wanted to give people the credit if they picked USC and just to say, like, they equaled the spread. So I'm, I'm counting that as a win for those that said USC... I'll take the hit as, like, the only one who picked Hawaii. It's another loss for me because mm-hmm. I thought 39 would be too much, but look at that. They exactly covered. Yep. Now, your game. Um, Marshall at WVU. The spread was 22 points. Um, and um, I went with WVU. Um, final score was 69-34. Um we kind of we kind of had our uh, you know second string third string defenders in like fourth quarter so mm-hmm. they got to catch up a little bit but you know that spread still stayed wide enough that we were able to get it um you know cover the spread mm-hmm. um, quarterback had a really great game um, I think maybe like three of his incompletions out of what like the five that he had um, were drops by the wide receivers yeah. so. Um, and um, I don't know. I, I, he he got Big Twelve Player of the Week, um, mm-hmm. and then I think we also got Defensive Player of the Week because um, it was like a true freshman linebacker had I think seventeen tackles. Wow! Um, and a fumble return for a touchdown. Very nice. So um, that's good. He was a two star um, recruit. Hmm. Um, his name is Isaiah Bruce. So um, you know, good for him. Um, Absolutely. And then, um, I guess, so, our final records um, for the week. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Peter with, uh, he went 2-5. and five. I went 2-5. and five. Not a good showing. <laughs> See, I'm, it's, it's tough to pick against the spread. I think if I would have picked, you know, who won. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking through these. I would have I would have been perfect if, I, yeah, if, exactly. if it was just a simple who would win. Mm-hmm. But it's the spread that's tricky. Yeah, and, and then you'll see here in a little bit. It's it's different with the NFL. In, in college, those spreads are much wider. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you get crazy. You know, thirty nine. Like who would have thought? Yeah. But um, and so and then I went um four and three this week, and our Sminja leader was mm-hmm. Major Moses. He went five and two. So congratulations to two. him. Absolutely. And that's you know if you can if you want to participate, uh, we have you know a link on our website at showmeyournews.com slash DTS. Uh, that's how you can participate and we give instructions there and how you want to join and make predictions as well. And we'll be keeping track who's our Sminja leader of the Show Me Your News Network fans. <laughs> I sneeze. Uh, poor timing. It's allergy season at the start it of school is. for me. Um, anyway, let's get into our pick six and make these predictions pretty quick mm. here. Uh, NCAA football, college football week two here. Not as many strong games on the docket here, but yeah. we've got some good ones here. At noon, they're all on Saturday this time around, which is pretty nice for the most part. Um, 
at noon on Saturday, you have Auburn going to Mississippi State at minus three and a half for the Bulldogs at the advantage mm-hmm. there. What do you think? Um, I think I'm going to go with Auburn actually because they, I, you know, they looked really good against Clemson. Um, I, I liked what I saw, and um, you know, even though they're on the road, um, and those cow was those clout cowbells. That's what Mississippi State does. Yeah. More cowbell will be yeah. clanging all over the place. Um, I st- I think that uh, I think Auburn will be able to pull out the win. Don't fear the Reaper. More cowbell. <laughs> Going Mississippi State, bit of a dark horse this year Ooh. in the SEC West. Uh, I think they'll cover that three and a half. They'll have, they'll have a strong start to the season, I think. All right. Uh, Penn State at Virginia. Virginia is getting eight and a half minus eight and a half there at noon. Mm-hmm. I'm going Penn State. Yeah. Um, they've got to sack up more or less. Yeah. You, you got to show some heart. I'm I'm not sure they'll pull off the upset, but I think they have to make it close. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Ohio's a strong team, and Virginia I think is you know coming back from the lowly woes that they had in the ACC. But I still think Penn State has to show some pride, and I think they'll not let they will they won't let Virginia get those eight and a half. Oh yeah, um, you know Penn State um, they've they've got to be a little bit motivated. I'd say, um, you know, after being at home and kind of, you know, being embarrassed, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, they, you know, the players wanted the names on the jerseys. They want to, you know, represent their families and stuff. So I think they're going to come out and, you know, kind of show how, you know, they're not giving up on the season already. Um, and so I think, you know, if they, you know, they might win, they might not, but they're definitely going to keep it close. Um, and they, I, I still think they have a pretty good defense. I, I think that Ohio team was a good team. Um, yeah. And um, I think that the game stays at least close enough where Penn State covers. Nice. Uh, at 3.30 p.m. in New Jersey, USC takes on Syracuse at plus 26. USC, the Trojans, almost a four-touchdown favorite. You know, I, I <laughs> how USC bit me in the butt. I want to pick Syracuse, but I think the Trojans are just too strong. I think they do get the 26. I'm picking USC in this one. Yeah, um, for those that watched Syracuse's game this past week, they just their defense looked awful against mm-hmm. Northwestern. Um, it was and, an exciting one. Oh, no, it was. I mean, they made a great comeback at the end of the game. But um, USC's defense and USC's offense is clearly more talented than than Northwestern. And, um, and so I, you know, I think you've got to go with USC just based on how bad Syracuse's defense looked last week. Mm-hmm. Um I really don't think they can keep up with them offensively either. So All right. I'm picking USC. Okay. 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Nebraska goes to UCLA, losing plus four and a half. I'm picking the Huskers. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why this is so close. Um, but give me Taylor Martinez and the black shirts over the Bruins. Um, you know, I don't really know why it's that close either. They keep, I keep hearing all these things like, oh, UCLA is a really tough team. And I, 
I don't really know what they're talking about. Um, um, yeah, I, I really don't know. Um, but I know a lot more about Nebraska, and I know that their quarterback's good, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they can score on you. So I'm going to go with Nebraska. Mm-hmm. 7.45, one of the big SEC matchups this week. You know, not There is also... Florida going to A&M. We didn't pick that one, which is also a good one. But big star of the show here is Georgia going to Missouri. Plus three and a half. So Georgia, the three and a half point favorites. Who do you have? Um, I actually have Georgia. I I think this will still be a great game for most of the game. Um, I just think Georgia overall on all sides of the ball is more talented. Um I, you know, Missouri, you know, they can put up points. Um, they, they've got a great, you know, they brought that same offensive scheme with them to the SEC. And it's, you know, it's pretty wide open. But um, I just think Georgia's the better team. And I, I think they'll pull away, if not, you know, fourth quarter, late fourth quarter in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely going to be close. I have Georgia winning the SEC. I've, I've got to pick them. They are a very strong team this year. I think Missouri will put up a fight. Uh, but three and a half, I think Georgia can definitely cover that. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout at all, but that seems like something that's very manageable. At the very least, you know, to cover by four uh, should be no problem, I think. I'm going Georgia mm-hmm. in that one as well. Uh, Oklahoma State, after blowing out Savannah State 84 to nothing last week, goes to Rich Rod and Arizona. Arizona plus 12 at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, give me the Cowboys. Um, I don't think... I saw Rich Rodriguez's defense at Michigan, and there is definitely some talent on Oklahoma State. I don't think Arizona can keep up. Granted, you know, Rich Rod's going to start running his offense and that scheme, which you know, you know from WVU, like, that scheme works, absolutely. But I just don't think the you know the defense will be able to hold up. Uh, and after that shellacking, you know, last week Oklahoma State still have stuff in the cards. You were talking about we were talking before the show. Uh, they mostly just ran the ball and, and hardly passed. So I think the Cowboys still have some tricks up their sleeves. Uh, Twelve points is a lot, but give me Oklahoma State coming off the momentum of last week. Yeah. Um. You know. You know. I I'm used to his offense as well. But I'm also used to that defense, and I know with that, um, I'm I'm pretty sure are they are they running three three five stack? Is that it what might they're running? Be. I'm because not sure I, what they're doing at Arizona, they, but yeah. they they have WVU's old defensive coordinator, and that's what he's run run everywhere he's gone. Mm-hmm. So the thing I know about that defense is it takes a while to adjust to that defense too. Like he, they have to get the players in there to run that defense. So um, they're definitely not, I mean, you, you saw last, they struggled with Toledo. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he, he finally beat Toledo. So <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> Which to him. he didn't at Michigan. <laughs> well, um, but, um, Oklahoma state's a whole nother monster. I mean, you know, they're not the same team they were last year, but they can still, I mean, they, they can run the ball as oh, you yeah. saw. Um, and, um, I just I don't think uh, Arizona has the firepower yet. They haven't recruited it yet to um, keep up with Oklahoma State. So I'm going with Oklahoma State. All right. So we only have one difference, and that's that first SEC game. Mm-hmm. We'll see if those hold up at the end of this week. Uh, let's get to the extra point as well, though. 
uh, because, you know, Michigan is not playing in the pick six. I have to pick Michigan's game here because they're my represented team. And uh, West Virginia is your represented team, but they have their bye this week. Yep. So for everyone else who's participating and, uh, you know, they don't have, you know, their or their represented team may be playing in these games here. Uh, Joel, your game is Purdue at Notre Dame. Minus 14 and a half for the Fighting Irish. And that's yeah. at 3.30 p.m. Um, for that game, um, well, you know, Notre Dame finally got their real home game. Um, because I wouldn't consider the last one a home game. Um, and, uh, you know, they looked really impressive last week. Um, and, you know, I, I, we saw a little bit of Purdue um, this past weekend. And... Um, I, I still think that Notre Dame's a more talented team. Um, and, you know, the game could be close, but um, I don't know. I was just so impressed with because usually Notre Dame does not start the season off that well. They never do. I mean, it's been a long time since they've started off that well. So um, I know they'll probably disappoint me, but I'm going to go with Notre Dame. All right. Good pick, I think, that one. Uh, I have... Air Force coming to Michigan, minus 21 and a half, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Let me tell you something about Michigan. (laughs) In the Rich Rod era, if they could, they would blow out teams. Mm -hmm. Brady Hoke and how he learned under Lloyd Carr. Michigan does not cover these big spreads. They just don't. I hate to pick... Against my team, I know I think Michigan is going to win this one. It will be handily by you know maybe two touchdowns or so, but more than three touchdowns at twenty-one and a half—that's expecting a lot. I'm picking Air Force for the sake of the spread uh, because that is that is a lot for a Michigan team that is not prone to blowing out people. Although they better come back hungry. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, they better come back hungry. And then Denard goes off for 600 yards. <laughs> Dude, I'll be happy with that. I don't care. Like, that one loss will just make it up. But you got to worry about the Big Ten schedule. Oh, like, yeah. The, the Air Force is, you know, running the option and all. So, Michigan, their, their defense has to prepare for that. It's totally yeah. different than what Alabama did, you know, running up your gut. Different. Let's get to the NFL week one season. Glad we did not pick this Wednesday night game or else everything would have been thrown off for that. So, everything on Sunday here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, totally separate thing. There's no extra point with this one because we can't really associate the, you know, represented school and all that. So we're getting the six every week with the NFL. Uh, you know, let's get into it. You know, can this these will start, uh, start counting for the NFL champion that we'll mark on the Show Me Your News forums here. Yep. First game at 1 p.m. Eastern: Indianapolis at Chicago. Chicago minus 11. Um. You know, it, it'll be Andrew Luck's first start for Indianapolis. Um, and um, Chicago's looking to be a lot better this year. Um, and so, I'm, you know, you, you look at what um, a lot of the experts are predicting in Chicago, you know, to be in the playoffs this year. Um, and so I, I'm going to have to go with Chicago. I think they can cover that spread, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the young, young Indianapolis teams. Right, yeah. I think uh, Andrew Luck will play well, but that defense mm-hmm. for Indianapolis has not proven itself Mm-mm. much, even when Peyton Manning was there. 
with an improved Chicago offense, uh, you know, the big question is, you know, Brian Urlacher has said he's going to play with that knee injury that he had to go over to Germany to try to fix. I don't know about, you know, that that's for, you know, long term for the whole season. But I think with that offense, you know, for once for Chicago, that'll power them. I think they'll cover the 11 point spread. It's a good pick. Uh, Philadelphia at Cleveland. Tony TH's Cleveland Browns. <laughs> uh, Cleveland plus eight at 1 p.m. Um, let's see. Well, uh, you know, Philadelphia should be really good this year, actually. Um, and, you know, as long as Michael Vick stays healthy, um, they're going to be tough, you know, no matter who they play. Um, and they have, you know, probably one of the best front fours in all of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Cleveland is still pretty much Cleveland. They haven't made too many significant moves. Um, and I think they're still going to struggle this year, especially in that division, uh, which, you know, it seems like they'll never be able to get out of the holder in there. Yeah. So um, I'm going to go with Philadelphia. I think they'll cover. Yeah, their defense is a little better in Cleveland. Uh, but you have Brandon Whedon, who I think still has to show himself. Like uh, the Colt McCoy uh, adventure, I wish that would have panned out for the kid because he's a big fan of Colt McCoy in college. But uh, we'll see what Brandon Whedon can do. Another Big Twelve alum. Uh, so baseball player, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, but Philadelphia, I have them winning in the East, the NFC East, and. Uh, you know that that team should make a strong running this year. I think eight is enough to cover. I'm going with Philadelphia as well. Yep. Uh, Atlanta at Kansas City, zero. It's a direct pick 'em. Yep. At 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, I'm going Atlanta in this one. Yeah. Um, Although I think you know Kansas City's going to have a bounce back year. Uh, the Falcons are poised to make a strong run at their division and you know possibly beyond. And we got to see if you know Kansas City can hold up the run with Michael Turner. Now, I mean, that would be a, a great win for Kansas City. If oh, they absolutely! Could pull that off early in the season. Um, and you know, I, I actually think they they have the talent to do it. Um, but I just think um, I don't know. I, I really like Atlanta this year, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'm gonna go with Atlanta. All right, uh, game four of six, San Francisco at Green Bay. Minus seven and a half at four twenty-five p.m. Eastern. Man, <laughs> this—I mean, um, everybody should watch this game. If you can watch this game, um, somehow find a way to watch it because it should be a really good game. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, you have to—at least from what everybody is predicting—and I don't see any reason why not. Probably two of the top three teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's t- it really is tough. I mean, it's at Green Bay, so they have the home field advantage. Um, it's not going to be the frigid cold of Flamengo. Oh, no, yet. of course not. Um, and, you know, um, I kind of I feel like uh, um, San Francisco is now like Green Bay was, you know, maybe two years ago. Um you know, they're. I feel like they're like the younger team that you know everybody thinks is good, but they're they're still not quite sure if they're like you know going to be the team yet. And, and Green Bay is kind of already at that status. Um, um, it's. Re- I mean, this is really like I'm having a hard hard time picking it just because I think it's still going to be a close game. 
Yeah, so, it's splitting hairs, you know, if, yeah. if it was even, but that seven yeah. and a half. So point I, I think day. I'm going to go with San Francisco just because I actually think it's going to be that close. Yeah, I, I'm going San Francisco as well. It's going to be a close game, and I will not be surprised to see San Francisco pull the upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have them winning the Super Bowl this year. I think they're going to be a really strong team. Their defense is going to be just fantastic, I think. Uh, and you know that's something Green Bay you know struggled at last year. Yeah. Uh, you know it's going to be the offense of Green Bay. You know trying to go up against that defense of San Francisco. And when a game's going to be that close, seven and a half is a lot for a spread for Green Bay's advantage there. So give me San Fran. Uh, in the NBC Sunday Night Football uh, nightcap at eight twenty, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers going to Mile High, taking on the Denver Broncos. Denver getting a minus two and a half. And I'll take the Broncos. Uh, Peyton Manning coming back. Peyton Manning is a man crush, so to speak. I think <laughs> Denver is going to have a pretty strong year. Um, and you know Pittsburgh, they uh, you know have that defense. It's starting to get old though. Mm-hmm. And you know nothing against them, but uh, I think that it might be a bit of a down year for the Steelers. You know I don't think I think you know you might have like about a ten win, see so nine or ten win I think for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Give me Denver because a field goal can cover that two and a half spread, and I think they can at least manage that. Yeah, and those field goals are a little bit easier to kick out there in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing about Denver is, um, you know, there's a difference in elevation, and um, there's a particular player, Ryan Clark, yes, who yes. he cannot play out there. Um, he did one time, and um, he had to go to the hospital. Um, and get emergent emergency surgery so he's not going to play um ryan clark is really important to that defense because him and uh palomalu communicate and that's how palomalu is allowed to go roam and do you know play that position the way he plays it mm-hmm. um you know the way they communicate with each other kind of determines what troy's going to do on that play and so you know not having that safety who you know can get back deep who can cover someone when Troy's blitzing I think Peyton's going to take advantage of that because it's going to force Palomalu to play more traditional style and you know he's a lot more dangerous when he can roam Mm -hmm. so whoever you know the backup that's in there obviously isn't going to be as good so Peyton's definitely going to take advantage of that you know you don't have one of your best defensive players you've got to take Denver in this one so that's who I'm going with Plus, you had the postseason matchup that ended on the Tebow play, and yeah, I think Peyton Manning is quite the step up mm-hmm. from Mr. Tebow. Last game here, Monday Night Football, the late game at ten fifteen. It's another pick 'em at a zero line. Yep. San Diego at Oakland. <clears throat> I've got San Diego, and really, I I couldn't tell you, but you know, Philip Rivers is my fantasy football quarterback this year. Mm-hmm. And the team I'm sharing with my brother, like he's, he better do well. Um, <laughs> I think Oakland will be a better team, but you know San Diego has those weapons. You know Vincent Jackson, Antonio Gates, and I think the defense will hold up well enough. Give me the Chargers. Yeah, I think it's just about who has more talent on offense, and that's San Diego. Um, and again, it you know it it could go either way. Um, but um, and I I. I'd say really the offense is the only reason I could tell you to pick San Diego in this one um, because Oakland is slowly getting better. Um, there's, I still don't think they're there yet um, where people want them to be. But, um, you know, who knows? They might be a major quarterback move away from 
finally being relevant again. Well, they've got um, Terrell Pryor <laughs> waiting in the wings. Oh, man. Tats and all. Oh, jeez. San Diego. Okay. Well, I mean, we got to say, you know, we do our picks separate from each other, but we only disagree this week on the one that we're picking head-to-head on the Auburn and Mississippi State where we've got the same picks aside from that. We've got our extra points where I'm picking Michigan to not cover the spread, get going with Air Force there, and Joel's going Notre Dame against Purdue with a 14-and-a-half cover. Mm-hmm. But the NFL, it's you know we've all got the same picks. So we'll see how this one goes, and hopefully some of us – Wink, wink, myself, do a, a little better on the record side this week. Well, thanks for listening to Down, Down the Sidelines. This is week two. I think we're going to you know keep things going pretty well here, and hopefully you get to join and participate on the forums because that's really what the show is all about. Predictions. Yeah, predictions. Uh, well, anyway, with that, I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And we hope you enjoy the week in sports. Yeah.